you've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello and welcome to Force Material. I'm Rowan Williams. I'm Baz McAllister. And uh, this is an emergency pod to uh, to talk about the, the trailer that everybody's talking about today, uh, which is, of course, the trailer to J.J. Abrams' Castle Rock TV series. What did, what did you think of it, Baz? <laughs> I thought it was derivative. Yeah. Yeah. I don't uh, think there's much hope for that one. Like, I'll be honest, I, I haven't actually seen it yet. i got to say, for the, the master of, of, uh, of marketing was not the smartest move to release that trailer today. <laughs> it's gone a little bit buried under the avalanche of it, it has a little bit. Yes. Look, we'll talk about it. we'll we'll save that one for the for the king cast. We'll talk about that one another time. <laughs> but uh yeah, so obviously we're here to talk about the last Jedi uh trailer as every Star Wars fan in the world is doing right now. Um how so many, how many times have you seen it? I've only seen it three times. Yeah, life got in the way, right? Life got in the way. That's you know we had we had work, we had we had things, but we're here now, giving our thoughts. Um, as a general rule, this show, you know, if you've if you've listened to the first few episodes, you know this isn't really a Star Wars news show. We're not going to get into the minutia of every casting announcement and all those sort of things every week. We're we're more talking about the uh, the history and the the inspirations behind Star Wars. But when special events like this happen. We cannot resist coming to you just to share our fanboy excitement and geek out a little bit with you. Exactly, we are we are here for the for the, for the when something major happens, we've got to talk about it. And yeah. this is this is pretty pretty major. Now, uh, you know, I guess you should probably what we're going to do is we're just going to sort of talk through the trailer more or less in order. We're not actually going to sit here and watch it while you listen to us watch it. It works better on YouTube, that's Well, it. exactly. Yeah, yeah, If you could see our, you know, the joy in our faces, it might work a little bit better. <laughs> if you could see the way I wiggled my hands this morning when I first saw the porn. <laughs> and I, I reckon I'm upwards of a dozen times now, but then I did have a day off. Well, it, well, only a dozen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, uh, I guess keep in mind as we go through this, uh, that, you know, if The Force Awakens and Rogue One were, were any indication... Um, none of this is going to be in the film anyway. Uh, most of the <laughs> shots from those trailers didn't end up making their way in there, but we can assume it's at least indicative of, of the, you know, the, the story yes. that we're going to see in the film. We can. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's, we'll get, we'll get straight into it. So it opens obviously, uh, with what appears to be, mm. uh, Snoke talking to Kylo Ren. Uh, there's it- a lot of appears to be in this trailer. I'll say first off, I think it's, it's either, a masterpiece of misdirection in editing, or it's all straight up, and I can't decide which. But I'm, I'm leaning towards the former. I think it's misdirection, and at this point, if it is straight up, that would also almost be misdirection because we're all expecting misdirection now. And if yes. it turns out that everything is actually quite on the level, <laughs> there's no there's no way to just do a straight ahead trailer at this point. We're all going to read things into it, and everything doesn't mean what we think it means. And we are. literally by the time the trailer had finished you know, airing on TV. I'm sure I'd seen people on Twitter who were claiming like, Oh, he's not, he's not talking to this person here. Nobody is talking to who we think they're talking to, which is probably true. It's probably like, true but yeah. certainly when I was the first time I watched it, I, I didn't get to watch it live. Everybody else. When I, when I did get to watch it live later, I, um, that was my thought was, you know, Oh, I don't actually think that that, you know, that he's talking to, uh, 
you know, to Kylo here necessarily. Yeah. But um, I'd, I'd never seen the raw power that BB-8 had before either. <laughs> now, certainly uh, at this point, at least, we're meant to think he's talking to uh, Kylo. So he says, you know, when I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. Um, something a little bit weird I've seen popping up a bit in, uh, in, in, in talk about the trailer today. A lot of people seem to think that Snoke says, I saw war untamed power. No. That makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> that's, that's a, Snoke would have to have a, a speech impediment yeah. for that, for that to be what he says. But it's an Andy Circus performative quirk. Yeah. <laughs> and, and nothing more. It's just yeah. a, a little peculiarity of, of the great man's accent. Absolutely. Uh, now, we also see in this section, uh, we see these new walkers, mm, uh, which the, are kind of ape-like. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think of these babies? I like the way they knuckle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's been said before, but it looks like the First Order have learned a few things from the Empire about the stability of these things. Yes. It kind of looks like they could almost grip the ground to avoid being shoved over. Yeah, absolutely. That, that yeah. seems to be so that they can sort of kill forward a little bit and, yeah. you know, have that flexibility like, like the, the apes. They seem to be... The model on they're they're impervious to the old uh, rope yes. a dope from they Empire, and it looks like in that shot Kylo's shuttle is hovering overhead as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, what it probably is though is the Empire probably or First Order, sorry, probably uh, you know watched that old movie, The Empire Strikes Back, with Peter Parker <laughs> yeah. in Civil War, and uh, and picked up some tips there. Uh, so then we see Kylo's lightsaber, um, which. You were saying you you, uh, you thought it might have been I you think might have cleaned it up a little bit. It looks less shabby. Mm. Um, it, it may just be a trick of the light in that great shot with the red background, where you can see the Praetorian Guard hanging out behind him. Yeah. Uh, but the shot where he picks up that saber and it, it's, I have to say that's an amazing shot. And I don't think anything like that's ever been done in any Star Wars film before. And that's the bonus of getting an auteur type like Ryan Johnson to. To come in and, and do what he does. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that briefly. Has mm. have we really had a, a Ryan Johnson type since George Lucas do a Star Wars film? And, and I'm talking young George Lucas, not so much. Yeah, prequels, but no, not really. Lucas. Even even Empire and Jedi, you wouldn't call Kirshner and Marquand auteurs. They're more directors for hire. They were, they were workmen like. Mm. I mean, they were you know obviously Kirshner in particular didn't you know they yeah. did amazing jobs and mm. well I mean Lucas obviously had a lot to do with directing Return of the Jedi, but. Um, I mean, Kirshner, no one could really knock the job he did on Empire. No. But if you look at his other films, it's not a Ryan Johnson-esque filmography that he's building up there. That's or right. had built up. So when you look at Johnson's other oeuvre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a word you can only use about an auteur's work. <laughs> um, it's, it's, um, it's very distinctive stuff. Yeah, so uh, when Kylo reaches down to pick up that saber, I'm pretty sure it looks like it's been freshly lacquered black. Um I've actually got a, a Kylo Ren lightsaber. I'm I'm looking it's at a, it right now. He's going to he's going to get Kylo Ren's lightsaber. We're not done yet. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It looks it looks pretty much the same to me, but it, it doesn't it doesn't look quite as nice. It's I see what you mean. It looks a little. He's given it given it a, a paint job or well, something. Well, you know, he's got a fresh wardrobe, some new duds. Yeah. Uh, why not give a saber a little bit of a paint job? Give yeah. him some love, you know? Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a vain kid. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, and certainly we will, we'll sort of, uh, we see a little bit of that, I think, later, uh, in the trailer. But, mm. but in the scene where he's picking up his lightsaber, do you think maybe this is a, could this be a, a he's training against the Praetorian guards? I, I would say 100%. Um, mm. there are a lot of scenes in, 
the comics particularly where Vader trains against droids, aren't they? Mm, yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and some video games as well, I think that happens. In, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, it would be logical that, that Kylo would have the chance to train against someone else who's proficient in, yeah. And weapons. Not, not necessarily lightsabers. Obviously, we've seen the Praetorian guards use these blades. Mm. Maybe they are electrified in some way, like the, uh, traitor troopers. Yeah. <laughs> shock stick. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Uh, we also see around this section of the trailer, we see Kylo. Uh, with his troopers behind him, which uh, is very evocative of Anakin with his clone troopers mm. in uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, most likely a uh, a deliberate, uh, you know, very deliberate reference there from. from I can't Ryan be Johnson. certain, but in that shot, they look like snow troopers. A little bit, yeah. I'd have to. So, so either it's a new kind of terrain trooper that we haven't seen yet, or it is a snow trooper. So maybe if they're on the planet Crate, maybe it's a cold, a really cold environment. Yeah, that makes sense. But either way, certainly, uh, certainly very similar. You know, it's it's like poetry, Baz. It it rhymes. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, and also it's interesting that we open the trailer with Kylo because mm-hmm. something Ryan Johnson has talked a little bit about is that this is really a film with two protagonists. Uh, one of them is Ray, obviously, but the other one is Kylo Ren. So it looks like we're going to see even more of Kylo uh, in the Last Jedi than we did in the Force Awakens, and we're maybe going to he's going to be on a little bit more of a journey than he was even in uh, the force awakens. Like he's certainly not finished in any sense. Like he's still developing as a, as a person, I guess. Um, Did you ever play that game where you'd make up part of a story and then hand it off to someone else and they'd have to do the next sentence and then someone else would have to do the next. That's what's happened here. Yeah. And Ryan's got a hell of a job to try and make Kylo relatable after what he did in the last film. Like if if the end goal is to have a bit of a redemption story for Kylo, he still killed Han Solo. Yeah, you know. Do you want Kylo to be redeemed? I kind of do, and uh, I think as I said before, he's uh, if he's following the character arc of his grandfather, he absolutely has to be redeemed. Yeah, uh, he idolizes his grandfather to the point where he has to realize that Vader turned at the end. Mm. Um, does that mean he's going to turn at the end, or does he see that as a weakness of Vader? But it's interesting to think about too, like when Vader turns at the end, uh, you know, he, he's redeemed in the sense that he defeats the Emperor and, and saves Luke, but he's not really redeemed in the sense that if he showed up on Endor for the after party, anyone would be cool with him being there. <laughs> no, you know? you're, you're right. You're right. But um, it's a kind of, it's more of a religious redemption, right? Yeah. If you repent on your deathbed, which is essentially what he did. Yeah. Your sins are forgiven. Yeah. 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 Um, that requires you to be dead because yes, as you say, <laughs> lots of people would never forgive the things you've done. The, I mean, some of the things with Kylo, it's like, it's not even so much killing Han. It's, you know, he kills, he kills a village full of innocent people at the start of the force awakens. Like there's things that he's done that I just think, I don't think you can be yeah, redeemed yeah, for that. I, I didn't, I didn't have 30 years to learn to empathize with that village. Of people. <laughs> this is true. Uh, so then we, we cut to, uh, we cut to Skellig Michael. Uh, which obviously we talked about at length in our first episode, mm. um, where Ray uh, appears to be training with Luke, or at least um, trying to to mm. train with Luke. She's certainly got the lightsaber kata down. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and she says, uh, you know, something inside me has always been there. Then I was awake, and I need help. Do you think Luke's going to give her the help that she needs? Well, um, I think we have to delve deeper into the trailer there to answer that question because mm. I, I think it's a categorical no, at least at first. Mm. Um, very shortly after that, 
Luke says that he's only seen this kind of raw power once. Mm. It didn't scare him then. It does now. Mm. Well, it's interesting too, because around this section of the trailer, we see something that I suppose it makes sense. We see it in the trailer, but I just hadn't really thought too much about, you know, what we would and wouldn't see in the trailer. We actually see Ray give Luke his lightsaber and Luke take his lightsaber. And in fact, we, we saw that in a 15 second good morning America tweet the yes, other day. That's right. I mean, that's kind of mind blowing. Like that's something we've been wanting to see for like almost two years now. That's huge, and then yeah. we just, there it is. We've yeah, seen it. We don't even have to wait until the film. We casually, know. We, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and there's dialogue from Luke Skywalker coming out of his very mouth. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Something we've waited two years to see. Absolutely. Oh, well, actually more like 30. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, very much so. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we, he, he, he takes the saber. And then, as you say, he's, you know, I, I've seen this raw strength only once before. Or as some people on Twitter might think, I've seen this war strength only once before. <laughs> There's um, a lot of raw, isn't there? Yeah. A lot of raw. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think we're getting at the fact that both Ray and Kylo... Uh, could be perceived are, to be raw. ...a very... Um, you know, overpowered, I guess, in the sense of, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot, that was a lot of people's complaint about Ray in The Force Awakens, which I think is crazy, but we'll get to that in another yeah. podcast, you know, that she's too powerful. She's yeah, a Mary she's- Sue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even Kylo, um, I suppose he sort of spent the last two years getting owned on the internet a lot, but he, <laughs> he did show some incredible force abilities in The Force Awakens. So mm-hmm. they're both, uh, you know, extremely it's powerful really strong, force but users. But as yet, fully untrained. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, uh, this is around the stage where we see that Ray is, has so much raw power that she's, she's causing a little crack, that crack in the ground mm-hmm. to appear. And Luke, Mark Hamill's face. Yeah, it's great. Whatever his paycheck was for this movie, he earns it <laughs> with that one reaction shot. It's, it's amazing. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. I, and think, just- I think I saw someone tweet that he looked like a stoner. <laughs> Well, what's he been doing on that island this <laughs> yeah. whole time? You know, yeah. like it's, it's... smoking pork feathers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's very possible. Uh, as you say, you know, he says it didn't scare me then; it does me now. It, it does now. I uh, I love this line because there's a mm. thing that's popped up in the last two in the Force Awakens trailer and this trailer where we're kind of seeing throwbacks to lines from you know the film that that is the equivalent of this film in the original cycle. Yes, um, but but change to tell us something new about who these characters are now. So in the trailer for the force awakens, the line that got that last trailer, the, the line that got everybody excited um, was, you know, when Han Solo it was Chewie, we're home. Well, that, well, yes, that was great. That was great. That was great. But the line, I think was the, the, uh, the, the Monday night football trailer when he, uh, when he said, uh, you know, the, the force, it's true, all of it. Yeah. And that, that was so emotional for fans because we, you know, this is the guy we saw stand in that same spot on the Millennium Falcon and yeah. not believe any of this force stuff, uh, in episode four in 1977. And now he's the, you know, he's the Obi-Wan type character who's yeah. dispensing this wisdom. Um, and I, in this I think case, I know where you're going with this. Yeah. So yeah. in Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Luke tells Yoda, I'm not afraid. <laughs> and Yoda tells him you will be. And then here we cut to, you know, 2017. Episode eight, Luke admits he, he's scared. He's borging himself. <laughs> he is he is borging himself. So that's you know that's that's kind of interesting that we you know he's uh, that that's where we find Luke. I mean, is this from what we see of Luke in this trailer? Is this kind of how you expected Luke to be? Um, I think, given the things Mark Hamill has said about after reading the script, he fundamentally disagreed with every choice that's been mm. made about the character, but he's going to do his best to play it. Mm. Of course, this is what I expected after hearing him say that, mm. because 
he's not going to be the same Luke that we knew. Yeah. Um, Luke always was a haunted kind of figure mm. throughout Jedi. Certainly after his experiences in Empire, he, mm. he was a more serious, more hollow-eyed, mm. you know, damaged character. Mm. And uh, I like to think that he tried to pull himself back after they won the war against the Empire. He's set up the Jedi Academy. It's fallen. He blames himself and he's just on the run again from everything. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I always liked the idea for the original ending for Return of the Jedi, which was that Luke, while everyone else is celebrating uh, at the, you know, the, the Ewok party on Endor, mm. we see Luke just sort of quietly turn and walk away and he takes himself out of the fight because yeah. he's done his job. He's the last Jedi. He's the man with no name. Exactly, you know? yeah, exactly. He's, or he's, he's John Wayne at the end of the searches, you know, it. and he doesn't, there's no need for him to stick around. If anything, he's putting everybody in danger by sticking around because he's so powerful compared to, and he's seen, you know, what, what that can lead to when it, with his father and with the emperor. So um, he sort of goes and, and isolates himself and they decided that was a bit of a downer ending. And they obviously went with the ending they did go with, mm. which was a good thing because for the purposes of, the Force Awakens. It's it's good that he at least hung around long enough to train Kylo, and we could, we have all that backstory. Yeah. But there is something very kind of romantic and appealing about the idea of Luke just just you know quietly walking off into the sunset at the end of Return yeah. of the Jedi, or hiding out on a planet, terrified that this past is going to catch up with him. Well, yes, yeah. I mean, it, it, ultimately he ends up in more or less the same spot anyway, where he's he's hiding yeah. himself away from. The so, so clearly at that juncture of the trailer, he is training Ray, or at least observing what she can do, maybe prior to training him. Mm. Um, so do do you think that that's going to be all called off when he sees that raw power it's going to be done you need to get off this planet yeah it's very interesting how Luke is going to deal with that Mm. like does because from his perspective surely just leaving her to go figure stuff out for herself is even worse (laughs) than putting her out back in the world untrained and possibly prone to temptation would be the most dangerous thing he could do the most irresponsible thing he could do Absolutely. There is one way Luke could go that I don't even really want to think about, but if he becomes an enemy of Rey, like if he, we don't know what his mindset is at this point. Mm. It's possible that Luke is the big bad of this trilogy. We don't know. It's unlikely, but it's possible. That could people saying that that Snoke is just a, Luke's the man behind the curtain for Snoke. Oh, that, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, well, we don't know, but it's, 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 it sounds, it sounds right. I mean, it would, it would sort of fit with the Wizard of Oz kind of stuff they had going on in The Force Awakens. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it it would certainly explain why we see what the, we see at the end of the trailer. If if this was what they had to do in order to, to take on Luke. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope we don't. It, it would, I feel like it, unless they do it extremely well, which mm-hmm. is the, you know, if you do anything extremely well. But I feel like... It would invalidate what we saw in the original trilogy yes. a little bit if Luke yes. was suddenly evil. Yeah. Uh, having said that, he does look quite horror movie villainish uh, when we see uh, in the ruins of the the Jedi Temple mm-hmm. after Kylo's uh, sacking of the temple. Yeah. Luke's hand. robot hand, Terminator style, sticking up at. I don't know why I put my hand up as if anyone watching listening to the podcast <laughs> could see it, but I got it. I got it. Yeah. Well, there it's you go. That's the main thing. It's all for you, Baz. <laughs> and at this stage of the podcast, it basically is. Like, whereas, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how many people are listening, but uh, so yeah. So his 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 uh, his robot hand uh, is actually earlier in the trailer as well. 
we see that hand and we see that it um it's completely stripped of all its flesh and there's no pretense of it even being a human hand anymore no absolutely and you also yeah. see the scorch mark on there from when he got shot with yeah. a uh with a laser in uh, yeah, it's yeah on the sail barge yeah, exactly so it's the same it's the same hand he hasn't replaced since but obviously he's just let it go to pot yeah yeah it's probably uh, and that, that's interesting because you would think that after the war with the Empire, he would have had ample opportunity to get it repaired. You would it, think it, so. It seems pretty easy to do that kind of thing in this galaxy. I mean, even C-3PO um, got himself a new arm at the end of yeah. The Force Awakens. He's got that, his gold right. arm well, back. Was that C-3PO? I didn't recognize him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's, he's you know, if C-3PO can get a new arm, surely the hero with the rebellion. Think about the resources that the Rebels had at the end of Empire Strikes Back, and they still gave Luke a new hand. <laughs> they, were, they were on the bones of their arses. Yeah. And it was important yeah. enough to them then. And, and then, important enough to them then. And are you telling me that the New Republic couldn't find it somewhere <laughs> deep down to, to give Luke a new hand after he'd done all that for him? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently not. Yeah. Apparently not. Uh, so then... Uh, uh, before we leave that part, uh, we've uh, forgotten a couple of shots of Ray walking up to the tree. Yeah. And inside the tree. Yeah. Which uh, I love those shots. I think they look very Lords of the Ringsy. Mm. She, you know, She almost looks like a, the elvish... They're definitely leaning into the fantasy origins yeah, of Star Wars I love that. quite heavily in those shots. And it looks like, you know, that's possibly the, maybe the Journal of the Wills that Luke has on the island. May well be. Yeah. Uh, and it might also be the, the force tree that he, um, saved in the, uh, Shattered Empire yes. comic book. Yes. Um, if that's true, he's got a lot of good fertilizer on it. <laughs> no, actually, that's, I mean, most likely that's a tree that's been there for thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. of years. And the one that he saved is, I think there were, wasn't there, there was some sort of expanded universe thing where, uh, Poe's family had that, one of the trees. Right, it was the Paul Dameron comic, wasn't it? That, yeah. Or it might even yeah. be that same Shattered Empire comic. It was a long Sh- time ago. There was a lot of stuff leading into the Force Awakens. Yeah. It was quite the journey. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, but d- certainly, I mean, there's a lot of interesting looking stuff on Skelly Michael. And I think for people who love the the lore of Star Wars and lo- particularly the, the lore of the, the Jedi Order um, and the history of the Force, um, there's going to be a lot of really interesting yes. stuff in this. And obviously, we don't know a lot from what we've seen in the trailer so far, but it certainly uh, it looks promising. Yes. So. Hopefully they explore that a little bit more in the movie, yeah. or at least give us enough that they can then go off and explore it in yeah. a thousand books and comics. We've already started getting into some of the more weird and, and uh, wonderful sects of religions in, mm. in the Star Wars universe. I think I think uh, it's interesting. The um, the so so Luke is on Skelly Michael. Mm. We've got these Jedi kind of. It's always going to be Skelly Michael to us, isn't it? Exactly. I keep calling it Skelly Michael. He's on <laughs> Acto. As soon as we get a pronunciation for Acto or Acto, whatever, we're going with that. But until then, it's Skelly. It's Skelly Michael. So Luke's there. There are these remnants of the Jedi. It's going to be interesting to see if we indeed get to see how different this this Jedi Order that established itself on Acto. Mm is to the one that we saw in the prequels. Like, how much they had changed in the years, you know, in between um, first establishing themselves. Like, the, the purest sort of uh, form of the Jedi Order. And and then the the very sort of regimented, um, easily falling under Palpatine's influence Jedi mm-hmm. Order that we see um, in the prequels. You have to imagine that a thousand, year, a thousand generations ago, or however long the Jedi have been around, there would have been a lot less opportunity for... Uh, cross-pollination throughout the galaxy. So one missionary may have come to some people on one planet and established a Jedi Order there, Mm. moved on, 
or other missionaries went to other planets to spread the word, mm. you would have had 500 different, slightly different Jedi religions. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and that, I mean, that's certainly something we see, you know, particularly in the Clone Wars as well, with mm. like the Night Sisters and these different these different groups of people who were using the Force. Yeah. Um, and it's essentially the same science, if you will, is is behind it, but it they have different names for it and they and they do different things to to activate it like they it, to them it's completely different from what those other people over there are doing but in fact it's all just the yeah. force uh so we're on skilling michael and then uh we we head to uh kylo mm. where so we we head to kylo who says uh, uh let the past die kill it if you have to it's the only way to become what you were meant to be now is this Kylo trying to turn Ray to the dark side? Is this Kylo explaining his own turn away from the dark side? What are we seeing here? You'd have to imagine that it is him talking to Ray, mm. right? That's the most obvious choice. But then, <laughs> as we've established before, there's a lot of misdirection. There's a lot of misdirection, absolutely. Um, he could easily be recounting his own experience because that's essentially what he did in the last film. Mm. Uh, he raised his father. Yeah, and and when when we see him say that in this film, he yeah. might be preparing to do it again. Yes. It looks like you know he's got his sights on well, misdirection upon misdirection. It could be a completely <laughs> different shot, but it certainly <laughs> looks like he's he's weighing up whether or not to uh, to fire on Leia's ship. Yeah. So, do you think he would? Do you think he would do it? Do you think he'd go two for two in the in the parent killing department? I, well, if he's going to do Han Solo, he, <laughs> he has to. The only thing that I think might stop him is that. Right, this is what I think Leia's force power is. I think mm. she's got one, and she's probably the strongest at using it in the galaxy, but she's mm. an empath. Yeah. She can sense people's emotions and feelings. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever been, like, formally established in the universe, no, but there's but a lot of evidence pointing towards it. A lot of evidence. So, you know, Luke wasn't on that thing when he blew, when it blew. Yeah, you know, she she knows these things. Yeah, she knows where Luke is hanging under Cloud City. Yeah, you know, so she's she got, could feel Han die. Exactly, in the Force Awakens. A really strong she, bond with her family members. She knew she remembered her mother when she shouldn't be able to, that, and Luke right. couldn't. And that's always pointed to was like, oh, what, what an idiot George Lucas is! Like, how do you get that wrong? To me, he didn't get that wrong. Yeah, it's it's a it's her ability. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so, and maybe that's me as a fan trying to you know to explain away a mistake, yeah. but. I feel like there's, there might be, an, uh, to me, I think that's a deliberate thing they're trying to establish Leia yeah. has. And I'm thinking that connection isn't one way. Mm. I'm thinking that Leia can influence other members of her family that she's close to mm. over that kind of psychic connection, I suppose. Mm. So that's probably why you see Kylo about to press the trigger that we think would drop missiles on the bridge of the ship where Leia is, mm. according to the editing of the trailer, which, you know, as we've established, maybe misleading. A little bit questionable. But... Kylo seems to hesitate. His face wrinkles. His mm. lip goes. Mm. He starts to look like he's about to come apart. Mm. And then intercut with that are the shots of Leia, completely calm, staring at the space. Mm. You mentioned, uh, you know, Kylo's Kylo's lip sort of wrinkling, and, and we can see the indecision on his face. And I just realized we, we skipped another, as much as at the start, I was like, we're not going to go through shop. <laughs> we should we probably should have done that. But uh, when no, we're are not going to do shop for shop. <laughs> we're talking to adults. Here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then that's exactly what we've done. But uh, so <clears throat> something that we forgot earlier on, though, is the shot of Kylo uh, sort of throwing his mask uh, and, and smashing Ooh, it against yes, the wall. Right. And we've seen the next part of that shot in the first trailer where we've seen the pieces of the mask mm-hmm. um, on on the ground. Out of universe, 
I think the logical reason for this is that Adam Driver is a great actor. You want to be able to see Adam Driver. <laughs> yeah. In universe. That's right. What do you think this means? Um, he's angry again. Yeah. <laughs> and he just wants to smash something up. That's true. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. This is a guy whose one defining characteristic is temper tantrums. He's so, got form. Yeah. 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 So, um, so I, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe that's when he comes back from that mission where he can't bring himself to pull the trigger on his mother mm. and he hates himself for it. I don't know. Mm. Very possibly. Yeah. But uh, certainly something big has had to happen there. Like what caused his temper tantrum in Force Awakens? Ray escaping? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. going to be something huge. Yeah, we're finding out about it's, right, yeah. It's, it's not just finding out that there's um, sushi for lunch. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm not convinced like that it wouldn't be. I think that probably would be. In, like, I I think one of the things, I love Kylo. He's, he's not in the sense that I don't think he should be redeemed or anything like that. But in terms of, I think he's a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I love about him is that he is just such a, a, a child in the sense that like it doesn't take much to get it to get that sort of tension around it so as you say it could be something very meaningful but it, it could also be anything yeah, really that's true uh and you know he he's it's interesting as well when he says you know it's the only way to become what you were meant to be because something that we're going to see a lot of in this movie it looks like certainly from interviews ryan johnson has given and then even just what we see in this trailer it looks like a major theme of the movie is going to be becoming who you are and that's not necessarily the person that everybody else thinks that you're meant to be. Yeah. Um, so we see that Luke is not the person that people expect him to be. Mm -hmm. Um, Finn, we know doesn't necessarily feel like the person that everybody thinks he is. Struggles with being a hero of the resistance. Exactly. Uh, you know, um, Kylo is the, the poster boy for this in the, in the first movie, Mm -hmm. he's so divided. Um, and now, Ray is, you know, gone off to get this training from and Luke from Luke and sort of meet this hero of hers who's not at all who uh, she expected him to be. And then that's probably got her wondering, well, we see in this trailer, she's wondering where she fits into all of this now, who yes. she meant to be. So it's definitely um it it feels like and this is this is where you can easily imagine people in sort of ten years looking back on The Last Jedi and it becoming especially because it's sandwiched in between the two JJ Abrams movies. Mm-hmm. Um, being the film that people kind of look at, much like Empire, and yes. say it was the best one. It was the best one. It was the, it was the cool one. Like it was, uh, and it definitely seems like it's a lot of the heart of the, the yeah. trilogy's story is going to be in this movie. Like this is where the characters figure out who they are. Yeah, in much the same way as Luke was figuring out who he was through the whole of Empire. Exactly. It's, it's, it seems like it's going to fill a very similar purpose to an Empire. It's not going to be beat for beat the same as Empire. <laughs> I think we've seen enough, no. even in, even in this trailer, to see that it's not going to be. Uh, be you know exactly the same as Empire, but you know certainly I think it's going to fill a similar kind of role in the yeah. in the story. Uh, we also see um, uh, around this well the, the the same the same part where he says you know when when Kylo says uh, let the past die, kill it if you have to. It's the only way to become what you're meant to be. I mean the other the other possibility there in terms of the significance of that line mm-hmm. is it's really Ryan Johnson talking to the audience uh, in terms of. Because there are two lines in the trailer that can definitely be interpreted that way. Um, and the first one is uh, is, is this. And then the, the other one we're coming up to shortly with Luke. But it's his feeling that he's telling the audience, don't worry about what happened in the past. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is not this is not going to be, you know, your, your dad's Star Wars movie. Like, we're doing something new here. We're doing something different. Mm. And, you know, if people are a bit worried about how Luke is being portrayed. For example, it's almost a message to them. Like let the past die yeah. like that. We have to, we have to move past that in order to, to kind of tell the story that we're trying to tell here. Yeah. 
Um, it's um, it's interesting about Han as well. How we we know he had this other life after Return of the Jedi, mm. where he tried to be a husband, tried to be a father. But when we see him, he's basically the same old Han as we yeah. always knew. It's totally different with Luke. Yeah. When we see him again now, he's not the Luke we remember. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, Han maybe regressed a little bit into being more the character that we knew from the first couple of movies and less the character that we knew from the third movie. Um, I mean, it's a contentious point, and maybe it's one for another podcast entirely, but I I think Han Solo was one of the most boring parts of Return of the Jedi. And I think Harrison Ford was probably justified in wanting to have him killed off. Yeah, I don't think it's... Well, it's not contentious in this room anyway, because I I agree. (laughs) He has the feel of like... He, he looks bored in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. It feels like it's a contractual thing. I think he's got some great lines and, and some great moments yeah. in Return of the well, Jedi. Because it's Han Solo. How can we not? For the first half of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then in the second half, he's kind of he's kind of neutered. He doesn't feel like Han Solo. He's no. very you know now that he's a general and yeah, it's just it's a family man. You know, Han like the responsible Han. It's not it's not the guy that we've yeah we we saw in the first couple <laughs> movies. And then when we see him in Force Awakens, you know, he's a smuggler again and yeah. Yeah, um, you know, and it's around this time in the trailer as well uh, that we see uh, Kylo Ren flying his uh, Tie Silencer. It's pretty cool looking yeah, ship. It's great, and you can see he's got the the family piloting skills down too. Exactly. Yeah. This is something I've had a. a really look at a disturbing amount of conversations about this with people over the last <laughs> couple of years. Is uh, I'm really preoccupied with is is Kylo Ren a great pilot or not? I think he is. Mm. Uh, we don't see anything in The Force Awakens to indicate one way or the other. Yeah. And I feel like either one would feel true to the character. Because if he's not a great pilot, it's just another thing for him to be frustrated over. It's another thing for him to feel like he's coming up short compared to, you know, his his, his family. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, it would be very Kylo to actually kind of suck at flying. Yeah. Um, on the other hand... Han Solo's his dad. Luke Skywalker's his uncle. Anakin Skywalker's his granddad. Mm. This guy should be the greatest pilot that's ever lived. <laughs> yes. This is a universe where genetics, genes matter. Her, yeah. You know, the abilities like that are hereditary. Um, you know, so he, so he, he's half the the DNA of the greatest pilot who ever flew. Yeah, and half Corellian. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, who are the best star pilots in the galaxy outside yeah. of Anakin? So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I think probably the the perfect middle ground between he's no good at flying and he's amazing at flying, and I think we see a little bit of this in the trailer. He's amazing at flying, and he knows it. Mm. So he's kind of like the guy you know you play against he's him. In, off. Yeah, you play against him in Battlefront or whatever, and he's <laughs> he's you know he's hurling obscenities at everybody, and he's 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 doing all these completely unnecessary. We see a lot of like defensive you know maneuverings and spinning and yeah. stuff by Kylo Ren in this trailer. No one seems that to be flying along the side of the Star Destroyer type. Yeah, style, yeah, yeah. Flying down things that are too narrow for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so Kylo, Kylo Ren is the guy, and this this to me perfectly fits his character. He's he's like the guy who who dominates like Call of Duty mm. and, and is completely insufferable about it on you know on the on the, the PlayStation network or whatever. You just hate him. Everybody hates him. He's he's like the, the teenager. <laughs> he's he's really good but he's... Oh, man. This is all going to come up. We're going to do a, a, a Kylo Ren focused podcast in a couple of weeks' time. Absolutely. We're yeah, going to come back um, to all these things. That, we need to talk about Kylo. There's so much to talk about with yeah. Kylo. Uh, one last thing on Kylo, though, is, uh, and something here that I uh, was pretty impressed to see, is um, we see the little 
Mechano, the little, yeah. uh, almost like a, 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 a Sith Band-Aid or something. Uh, there's <laughs> yes. a there's a little a thing on his face. Ryan Johnson has been copying tweets <laughs> yes, for yeah. about, what, Get six on. months? People saying, oh, how come his scars magically healed? What's that about, Ryan? And now we see in this trailer that he didn't just forget about Kylo Scar. Like, there actually That's is true. an in-universe reason for how it healed. And didn't Ryan say something like he, he moved it because it was slightly in the wrong position and he wanted it to look... More like Anakin yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But, but, yeah, it's obviously... it's. Uh, I I think what we're seeing with that metallic thing is early in the film, it's an implant that, that helps him to heal. Mm, definitely, because when we see later in the trailer mm. scenes that... In theory, you would think come towards the end of the film. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't, doesn't have the scar yeah. anymore, and he doesn't have the little. And uh, I know all the action figures I bought on Force Friday don't have the metal thing in them. <laughs> they kept that <laughs> yeah. very, very. I was I was very surprised when that came up in the trailer that we hadn't seen that in any photos or yeah. any toys or anything. They did a, a pretty incredible job of keeping that secret. Uh, then we get look. It's my favorite moment. It's probably your favorite moment. It's everybody's favorite moment. Uh, well, actually, first, I believe there's a shot of the, <laughs> there's, there's just a guy, there's a, there's a shot of the Millennium Falcon flying, uh, through, uh, so what looks like to be caves under crate. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of red crystals. Yeah. Which actually yeah, is really you know, cool. It's really cool. And, but we've seen the Millennium Falcon flying through enclosed spaces yeah. in this sequel trilogy before. Um, are, are these dark side kyber crystals? Who knows? Possibly. Let's talk about that later. Yeah. Very possibly. <laughs> uh, but, but then we get the shot that I've, Built up and then went away from it. And now coming back to it, we see uh, Chewie yep. on the Falcon. Yep. Let's out his Wookiee roar. And then we see his adorable poor co-pilot copying <laughs> Chewie. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's it's amazing. I, it was the only part of the trailer that made me have a physical reaction. I, I, I literally waved my hands over. <laughs> it's that one shot has done so much for me to move porgs up the rankings of yeah. the the cutest and you know <laughs> the the most lovable star wars creatures they might have overtaken ewoks for me and i'm a you know, we've possibly talked about this on the podcast before i'm an ewok defender uh and that 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 one shot of that porg though yeah incredible i have to say our next podcast is coming out at the start of next week it's all about porgs yeah so be sure to come back and tune in for that yeah we're gonna be digging big into the porgs and yeah. But what I love about this little scene from the trailer is confirmed a couple of things for me. Mm. One, porgs do go off world mm. with Chewie. Mm. Two, porgs appear to be intelligent to some degree. Yeah. I think that if it's looking out the window and reacting to the same thing that Chewie's reacting to as a threat or something that scares it, yeah, you, you would think that it's got to have some capacity for sentience. I mean, if it, if it's in a spaceship... You know, can you imagine a cat sitting on the dashboard of a car, <laughs> right? And and it sees a truck coming towards the car. It's not going to scream, is it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it, so the porg knows that something bad is happening out there in the same way that Chewie does. Possibly. Or he's just imitating Chewie. Yeah. And he doesn't know the context for why Chewie's doing what he's doing. Or he's about to become a snack. Either way. Very, very possibly. Anyway. <laughs> There's always that shot of Chewie with the with the feather that we, we come back yep. to. But uh, then we, we, uh, we got to Poe Dameron. And uh, we haven't seen a lot of Poe in the trailer up until this point, yeah. possibly any. Uh, and we get a bit of an inspirational speech from Poe. Uh, we are the spark that will light the fire, that will burn the First Order down. Uh, you know, uh, Oscar Isaac seems like he's uh, in great form here, delivering a real uh, real rousing halftime speech yeah. there. Well, there are theories that he's being set up as, a, as the new resistance leader. 
Absolutely. That I'd say it even goes beyond theories because Ryan Johnson has talked in, um, I believe it was Entertainment Weekly about how Leia is essentially grooming Poe yes. to take over uh, from her in in leading um, the resistance, and she's she's kind of teaching him that there are more ways to to lead than just by example from the front. There are more ways to be to be. Um, you know, to be part of this uh, resistance mm. than just going out there and being an amazing pilot that he all, yeah. that he can also kind of have a voice and, and lead the troops back, you know, when they're strategizing and all these sorts of things. Mm. Even if you do have a cool black X-Wing with a massive afterburner on the back, which yeah. we also see at this point in the trailer. Yeah, if I was him, I'd be spending as much time <laughs> in that thing as possible. Uh, and so, yeah, so so Poe's very much becoming the new general lab, which which is really interesting in the sense of, um, I mean, again, it gets to this theme that we've talked about this movie having of people finding out who they are. Mm. Um, and, you know, this is Poe becoming who he's meant to be. Um, but it also sets up um, a, a really interesting rivalry that I love that we haven't seen too much of in the films yet. Uh, obviously, when, when we talk about um, Kylo, we usually talk about Kylo in opposition to Rey. I love the dynamic between Kylo and Poe mm. because Poe is essentially replacing Kylo as Leia's son. Uh, Poe is 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 Leia's surrogate son yeah, now. That's right. He's and it's, you don't want to say he's the you know. I'm sure she would never say that he's the the son she never had, but that's kind of how it feels. Yeah. Um, especially because we know that Kylo left at a fairly early age to go. Um, you know, traveling the the galaxy with with Luke, mm-hmm. um, and it feels like this is someone who very much follows in her footsteps, but also Hans, and that he's a great pilot and he's this gung ho kind of guy. So it's kind of the best elements of herself and Han in this guy who has no physical relation to her, yeah, but may as well be her son for all intents and purposes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and we also, obviously, he's also a pilot. Uh, we know that, you know, Kylo's a pilot. I, I hope at some point in these three films, it might not be this film. We, there's a, there's we, a pod. We get a pod race. Well, <laughs> a, pod, a pod race would be amazing. I do love that we saw, um, Kylo spinning a lot in this trailer because yeah, that's, that's, that's a cool a trick. trick. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yes, but I, I'd love a, a Poe, uh, Kylo dogfight at some point. Like if you think back to when we first see these characters, well, I suppose when we first see them interact is the first scene of the film, but when we see them interact a little bit later in The Force Awakens, there's that great moment where uh, Kylo says to Poe, you know, oh, I, I didn't realize we had the best pilot in the resistance on board. <laughs> and to me, one of the reasons why I want Kylo to be a great pilot is I want to look back on that line. Like, I think that line reads to me as like condescension. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, you're a great pilot. I mean, not compared to me, obviously, yeah. but, you know, the resistance is best pilot. So I think it would be great to see those two go head to head at some point. Indeed. Uh, we also see around this point, we see Phasma fighting Finn. Now, Finn's got mm. his Imperial spy gear on. Um, this is the fight. I don't know about you. This is the fight I wanted to see in The Force Awakens. Yeah, me too. Uh, I wanted to see Phasma do so, anything, anything. Something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, and especially I thought in, you know, that scene where Finn fights the, uh, TK, whatever the designation they gave the trader, the trader troop. That's yeah, there you go. TRA. I think it's FN two one nine nine. This is this is your your specialty, the uh, the the character names. Uh, But so, I you know, in retrospect, it feels like that probably should have been Phasma. Like if you're going to have one stormtrooper be serve a memorable role in the movie, it may as well be the one who has a really cool costume and is being played by a name performer. Uh, But in retrospect, now. 
it kind of is better that it's worked out this way where they're fighting in the second movie and not The Force Awakens because we've sort of, we've had the build up to it now. Yeah. And we've seen Finn kind of test himself against like a lower ranked stormtrooper. And fail. And fail. <laughs> Miserably. Exactly. Yeah. So now he's going to fight. And I was going to say, we'll see, you know, maybe if he's been doing some training between films, but he's probably just been in the med bay the whole time yeah, between probably films. Yeah, it kind of feels like he's going to get out of the med bay and be sent on a mission. Yeah. Or, or try and run for it. Yeah, like immediately be sent on a mission with uh, with Rose Tico, who is mm. very conspicuous very by her absence her in this trailer, as is um, as is DJ, uh, the Ezra character, the, mm. the the Ezra Bridger, the the character that uh, <laughs> so that some people think will be Ezra Bridger, but is almost definitely not. Yes, the um, the Benicio del Toro uh, yes. character. Um, uh, and we also didn't see uh, Admiral Holdo. We don't see Admiral Holdo. We don't see anything really on Canto Bite. Yeah. Um, we don't see C-3PO, I don't think. No. Um, I don't think we see BB-9E, although he's quite prominent on the poster. I wonder if that's going to be like the evil R2 from the Rogue evil. One. Doesn't yeah, even so, make the movie. So, yeah. Well, it kind of sounds like it, it might be Kylo Ren's Starfighter droid, mm. I'm thinking. Have you heard the theory... No, I think it might have been Jenny, Jenny Nicholson, and I think it might have been a joke, but the idea that Kylo built BB-8... Don't know about that. We'll get into it at a, at a, at a later date. <laughs> I, I kind of love it. I think it's great, but we'll we'll come back to it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so Finn is fighting Phasma. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just think that's going to be a really cool scene. I think that's going to be a really one cool of the fight. Things that I, I pointed out to you when we were watching the trailer just before is that in that close up of Phasma's face, you can see Finn reflected in her chrome armor. Yeah, that is awesome. How cool is that? Yeah. What's the point of having chrome armor on a character if you're not going to do cool yeah. stuff with it like that? Yeah, that's great. Uh, and obviously, yeah, if, uh, if anyone listening hasn't had a chance to read the Phasma book yet, mm-hmm. um, I would definitely do that because there's a lot of cool stuff in there in terms of... Um, I'm just a lot more interested in Phasma as a character than I was before. I always thought she looked cool, but but now after having read the book, I just feel like she actually has a character yeah. as well. And I don't really mean that as a criticism of the Force Wagons because... There was a lot going on in that movie, and someone was always going to get the short short yeah. end of the stick. But yeah, it's cool that they've been able to expand on that in in so, books and so comics. The, this is not a you have to have read Catalyst to get the most out of Rogue One situation. Oh no, 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 no! Like you could go into it knowing nothing about the Phasma book, and you'd still get oh yeah, she's a cool stormtrooper. Yeah. She's good at fighting. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the woman for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Awesome, and yeah. that's that's all you need However, to know. The, the most threatening thing she did in the whole of Force Awakens was to say, "Submit your blaster for inspection." <laughs> exactly. You yeah, know? but but. It's kind of the Boba Fett effect. You know, it's a great visual that never really did anything <laughs> yeah. worthy of all the hype on, on screen, very yeah. much so. Um, then we hear, we hear uh, around this time of the trailer, we hear Luke uh, say, uh, you know, we talked before about possibly Ryan Johnson trying to send some messages to the audience through this trailer. Mm-hmm. We see Luke, we can assume that he's telling Ray, this is not going to go the way you think. Mm. To me, that that's... Uh, whatever the purpose it serves in the movie in the trailer that line is telling people this isn't going to be exactly like empire this yeah. isn't going to be a retread if you if you're not into this one because you thought uh, mm. force awakens was too much like a new hope trust us you don't know what's going to happen in this movie it's probably also saying none of these lines are going the way <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. this is all misdirection nobody's yeah. talking to anybody um in that in that scene with luke and I, i've i can't it's a very brief scene in the trailer but it looks like he's lying prone on the ground looking up. Mm. Uh, I'm wondering if there is a fight with the Knights of Ren on Act 2. 
Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe he's saying that to Kylo. Yeah. Yeah. Very possibly. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, certainly it looks like there will be a, a fight with the Knights of Ren yeah. on Acto. And, and they like to cut, turn up and fight in the rain, don't they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it, that's kind of their whole thing. It's their, their thing. They, they, don't, they don't fight unless it's raining because that's when they look cool. Yeah. they've yeah. Look, they've seen a lot of samurai movies. Yeah. They know how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then we hear uh, Snoke. Now this is this is kind mm. of the line that throws the the rest of the trailer into doubt because then we hear Snoke, uh, you know, scream at, at somebody, um, "Fulfill your destiny." Mm. Now we would assume from the beginning of the trailer that this is him talking to Kylo Ren, mm. but then we see that Snoke uh, is actually holding Ray. Uh, looks like he's holding Ray captive. Mm. Uh, so it's possible that everything we heard earlier in the trailer is actually being spoken to Ray yeah. and not Kylo Ray. Quite probably, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, I mean, this confirms, doesn't it, it's, or seems to confirm that Snoke is a Force user and a powerful one at that. Yeah, it's true. I don't think that we've had that confirmed yet. No, he could have just been a a Force Historia enthusiast. Or, yeah, some, someone who knows everything about cars but can't drive a race car. Yeah, Exactly. The the John Landau, John Landau, the music producer, not the actor of, or the Rick Rubin, the Rick Rubin, the music <laughs> yeah, producer of, of Force Users. He himself is not a musician, yeah. but he, you know, he could produce the hell out of, out of a musician. That's right. But in, in that close up, it looks like he's got an outstretched hand. And then in the shot of Ray at the very end of the, tra- near the end of the trailer, uh, when she's hovering in the air prone, it mm. kind of looks like you can see him in the background as well. And yeah. Pose. So it, it would appear that he's holding her yeah. in a telekinetic grip. Yeah, it definitely seems like he's got force powers of some sort, whatever mm-hmm. denomination uh, they might they might belong to. Uh, and it's also interesting to see Ray being held prisoner and really sort of being pushed to her limits by mm-hmm. uh, by Snoke, because this is something where, uh, and we're going to get into this more um, in the lead up to the film when we look at each of the films that Ryan Johnson um, instructed the cast and crew of the Last Jedi to watch before production. Um, a recurring theme through all those movies is um, characters like being held captive and characters being pushed to their absolute limits of human endurance and characters being forced to give maximum effort to come through these situations. Uh, especially after the force awakens where you could argue that maybe Ray in particular had a, had a relatively easy time of it um, in terms of, you know, finding a way through the narrative of that film. Yes. Um, she's really going to have to work for it in this film, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. And, and that would also seem to confirm that she does uh, make it all the way to his star destroyer. Yeah, yeah. Which that may possibly that's where we the climax of the film Quite probably yeah. is. Uh, now this is this is where everything goes crazy. So mm-hmm. cut to black. <laughs> uh, you know, we Ray uh, says, "I need someone to show me." Oh, and, uh, before we go on to this, we should briefly mention the music we've heard as well up to this point. Oh it's my god! The music that scores that last part of the trailer from where we see the Millennium Falcon to just up to the point we're at. Yeah, um, that kind of banging version of, of race theme. Yeah. The, the really bombastic kind of with, with the military drums. Yeah. And the, and the really loud percussion. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's probably going to be one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars score. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Uh, John Williams, I don't think has any involvement in the, the scoring of, of these trailers. So, um, Definitely with the Force Awakens trailers, they were done by a company that specializes in, I think they were done by a company that specializes in trailer Hmm. music. So they sort of just took some of the the John Williams themes and then made them that extra little bit sort of epic. And and so that seems like maybe what's happened again for this trailer. Uh, But we'll probably find out over the coming days if John Williams was involved. Indeed. 
Yeah, so then we then we get uh, the moment, which is um, which is Ray saying, "I need someone to show me my place in all this," uh, and it, it looks like, although again, Ryan Johnson, <laughs> you crafty character, could be misdirecting all of us. But this one is such a misdirection that if this isn't actually what happens in the movie, I'd say a lot of people will be disappointed. Um, like Rogue One level, it, it, uh, it, no, no Tie Fighter facing off against Jyn Erso. Well, even even more so, yeah, because this is they're really teasing like a like a massive you know NWA style. Whoa, who's on whose side now? This is crazy sort of moment. And so if we don't get that in the in the movie, it's going to be a bit disappointing. But uh, yeah, certainly looks as though. Ray might be reaching out to Kylo mm. for some sort of guidance. Although the clothes that Ray's wearing there look like they're from the start of the movie with yeah. her outfit from October. And, and the, the dark background doesn't seem to match the kind of dripping flames or whatever. That we see around Kylo. Yeah. And also Kylo doesn't have his, uh, his the scar that we talked about earlier. So yeah. it looks like it's probably, for him it's towards the end of the film mm. and for Ray it's towards the start of the film. Yeah. I think though, even though the dialogue, those two shots might not exactly line up perfectly. Mm-hmm. I think what we're seeing in that in that scene in terms of Ray and Kylo forging an alliance of mm-hmm. some sort is something we'll see in the movie. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's going to be exactly the way that we see it in the film, but I do think Kylo was holding out his hand to Ray there. Yeah. And for whatever reason, whether it's possibly Ray turning to the dark side, no one wants to see that, but it yeah. could, that's what it could be. Well, it's almost exactly the same pose that Vader held his hand out in an empire to look. Yeah, when he was true. Saying, Join me, we can end this destructive conflict. Yeah, true, Bring true. Order to the galaxy. Yeah, very. Yeah, true. So uh, you know, it could well be two other members of the Skywalker family. Yeah, depending on Ray's parentage. Yeah, very possibly. And yeah, that's a whole thing if you get into the the, yeah. the Raylo stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I. It's interesting. We I mean, we said we definitely don't see anything in this trailer that sort of hints at, at Ray's. Parentage. And to be honest, like, we haven't talked about it at all because I just think the story's kind of beyond it at this point. It, I don't think it matters now who Ray's parents are. I know what I think. I think clone of, female clone of Anakin. Well, yeah, this That's is certainly a long-held you know, theory of mine yeah. that we'll, uh, that, that, that you, you hold as well that we'll mm. possibly get into in a, in a, in a future, yeah. a future pod. You, but uh, you've convinced me it's the girls from Jakku. Well, very, very possibly. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitely want to know who her parents are, and I think it matters in terms of the the mythology of it because, it, you know, the whole story is just going to feel more mythic if she is a Skywalker or in some way comes from, and it's that family story. Yeah. But in terms of just getting from point A to B, in terms of you know actually telling the story, I don't think it really matters that much who her who her parents are. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to see what happens with this whole teaming up with, with Kylo thing. Is this Kylo turning back to the light? Is this the two of them being in such a desperate situation against a common enemy that they have to put aside their differences? Because when we, when you look at the films that, that Ryan Johnson, uh, again, you know, the, the film camp that he put his, the cast and crew through heading into the movie. I wrote an article back in January about those movies. And that was the big recurring theme that stuck out to me was there's, I think at least three of those movies, possibly more, where a major kind of plot point in the movie or a major theme of the movie is these sort of uh, enemies having to work together. And I think that's going to be something we see with Ray and yeah. Kylo Ren. Although, again, why would Ryan Johnson tell us to watch these movies that tell us the plot points of the movie? It could all be massive misdirection by the yeah. master magician Ryan it Johnson. We don't know. Well, when I saw that scene um, at the very end of the trailer, I thought, Maybe this is them joined together, but maybe it's because they've realised that the people who are ostensibly trying to teach them about the Force are screw-ups mm. who yeah, have screwed up before. 
certainly in Luke's case, mm. and could easily screw up again. So why should these two massively powerful individuals listen to these old men who think they know what they're doing? Mm. Maybe they need to forge their own path. Maybe they need to work out what a grey Jedi is together. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, we talked earlier about what if Luke doesn't want to train Ray? What does Ray yeah. do in that case? How did, where did, who did she go to for guidance? Yeah. That leaves a bit of a, a gap, uh, a mentorship gap for her. And does, does Kylo help fill that? Or, you know, I talked earlier, and again, it's not something I particularly want to see happen, but I'm sure Ryan Johnson could make it work, mm-hmm. um, is if Luke is evil or if Luke does somehow end up working with Snoke or whatever mm. insane thing might happen, I think it would take something like that for Kylo and Ray to work together. Yeah. And maybe that's where we see the new generation, you know, killing what came before them and having right. to, you know, to, to take over. So I think it wouldn't be an entirely bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think they could be a pretty good influence on each other. Well, uh, I, I suppose another, another way to look at it is that this trailer potentially the way that it ends with him holding out his hand to Ray um, is really just an extension of what we see at the end of the first trailer where Luke Skywalker <laughs> says, I only know one truth. It's time for the Jedi to end. Mm-hmm. And what we're heading to is the end of the bi- binary Jedi, are good Sith, a bad uh, dynamic that we've had so far. And what mm-hmm. we're seeing is the beginning of a new way, uh, which is, you know, maybe not the, not the famous gray Jedi necessarily, but something, something that acknowledges that there's, you know, there's a bigger universe out there than, than just the Jedi and the Sith, that there's mm-hmm. a, that there's another way. And maybe Kylo and, and Ray are going to sort of lead the way there. Yeah. That's another interesting thing as well in the, in the circular motifs of Star Wars. The last time we saw Ray on screen, she was holding her hand out. Yeah. Pleading for help. Yeah. Well, you know, again, in the immortal words of George Lucas. It's like poetry. It yeah. it rhymes. It never <laughs> rhymes. Yeah, it's, it's, that quote is always relevant. Uh, you know, and it's interesting too in terms of uh, you know where Luke fits into this, and you know, is he is, is he uh, evil or you know just off his rocker or whatever? Because when J.J. Abrams um, signed on to the Force Awakens, the thing that convinced him that it was worth doing after he you know initially pushed back against it for quite some time mm-hmm. was he just kept asking himself this question: Who is Luke Skywalker? And in the end, it's a question that he kind of punted to Ryan Johnson. But initially, it was such a compelling question for him that he said that that's what convinced him to mm. to take on the film. And obviously, he's going to come back for part nine. And hopefully, Luke will still be a part of the story yeah. then. But but yeah, I mean, obviously... Well, Kylo's got to kill another family member. He's got to kill one family member every film. Right? Exactly. Yeah, he's got to go for the hat trick. <laughs> so, if he gets Leia in this one, and then he can, yeah. uh, you know, take out, out Luke next time. Um all right, so that I think that brings us to the end of the trailer. It does. Where are you at at this point on, you know, if we look at the marketing they've done for the previous films, mm. this is probably about it in terms of the major trailer. Like, I think after this point, we're on to TV spots, and yeah, I could be wrong. You'd hope so, and you'd hope it wouldn't be too many more TV spots. Well, that's what I was going to ask. <clears throat> you know, now that we've seen this trailer... Obviously, we were all hanging out for the trailer. I mean, some braver souls than us refuse to watch it. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're staying clean. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. We hope you're not listening to this because it's, it's quite spoiler. <laughs> yeah, you, you made a terrible decision in that case. <laughs> um, but I, you know, certainly uh, I, I couldn't resist watching this, but I am going to try and resist watching any sort of TV spots or any clips or anything that come out after this point because I don't think we need to see... Not that we ever needed to, really, but we definitely don't need to see any more after this point to get hyped for this movie. Well, no, we don't. But I'm, I'm thinking probably some of the TV spots, if they exist, will show Finn and Rose. Yeah, uh, true. Know, maybe show more of the um, casino planet environment, you know, that, that kind of thing. So maybe they're holding all that kind of stuff. True. And, and hold all 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're holding holdover. Uh, Admiral yeah. holdover. Yeah. TV spots. <laughs> it, I guess it will be hard to do this podcast without watching the TV spots and yeah, we, things. We need to be professionals about this. <laughs> That's right. We're making the big yeah. bucks over here. We got to we got to do this right. In terms of the uh, journey to the Last Jedi books and comics and things and and the trailer and I, I think that yeah, it's it's enough. It's covered. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Would you say that seeing this trailer has made you? more excited for The Last Jedi than you already were? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Because now you know it's going to it's gonna look great. Um, we probably have, we haven't mentioned the poster, which also came out today. The, oh, my God, poster, that poster. Is, it, it's, it's something I don't think I've seen a Star Wars poster do before in terms of the levels of symmetry uh. and... Color coordination. Now, I've I've seen you were uh, you 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 were you were showing me before. You, you've copped a bit of a, a bit of sledging on on Twitter from oh, a little bit, yeah. But from people because you <laughs> you Baz has gone out there and put his name on the record as saying that this is possibly the greatest Star Wars poster that we've seen. I reckon uh, it's it's in with a chance uh, in terms of just the the pure aesthetics of it. Yeah, you know, I, I can't deny what those early posters mean to me. Yeah. But I think that the all three posters for the prequels were just baggy messes. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the Force Awakens one was nice. Yeah, it was cool. You know, but, it was it was but it, it was, was good. It served yeah. its purpose. This one just it's a beautiful piece of art. Yeah, as well as being a really cool poster. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I did. I loved some of the Rogue One ones too. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. I think it was a Russian Rogue One poster with just a rebel helmet lying in the water of Scarif. Yeah, which was a. Uh... Oh, it's embarrassing for me that I don't remember. But this is, um, which was a, a reference to a war movie um, that we talked about at the time, I think. But, it was, and I can't remember which, but anyway. Yeah. yeah uh, that, anyway, I've forgotten what it was, but it was. That was a great poster. Yeah, that was a fantastic yeah. poster. But, and Yeah, I think I think what I'm saying is I love strong images and symmetry. I, the floating head stuff quite often doesn't do it for me, but this is a floating head thing done in quite a different way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean it was the same the same for me with the trailer. Like I was already obviously already you know, I thought I was as excited as I could possibly be for this movie and then this trailer. Uh just knowing, you know, this trailer looks amazing. JJ's back for episode nine. Yeah. We're gonna get the finale to this story that, that we sort of thought we were gonna get back yeah. a few years ago so, before you know, JJ left. Essentially who cares if the Han Solo movie's all stuffed up? I just look at this point. I just assume it will be, and whatever we get is just going to be like a fun bonus on top of whatever else is going on. I'm yeah. not, I think, oh yeah, the star of American Graffiti directing a Star Wars prequel. It's pretty cool. There's some, there's some poetry. There's some symmetry yeah. there. Yeah. I'm happy. So uh, look, it'll be fine. But this is this is the main event. This, this is, is it, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, I saw. Uh, I'm sure you would have as well at this point. I saw Blade Runner 2049 the other day, and yeah. I, I remember thinking to myself as I left the cinema, like, oh, like, maybe Blade Runner 2049 is going to be my favorite film of the year. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe this is... Because heading into it, certainly, it was the one I was most excited for. Yes. Um, but no, it's still Star Wars. That that, that trailer looks amazing. It, uh, it Last Jedi like is going to be... If it delivers on the promise of this trailer, it's... The only thing that could knock it off for me now is Thor. Yeah. But we'll have to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The jury's out. All right. Well, that's the last Jedi trailer. Uh, we're both presumably off to watch it about twenty more times, uh, <laughs> yes. and uh, and and just over we'll look overanalyze it some some more. Uh, in the meantime, uh, look, we'll be back next week talking about uh, talking about porgs, porgs. and uh, the influences on porgs and and all the some of our favorite sort of. 
uh, adorable furry creatures throughout the Star Wars uh, universe up until now. Uh, but in, and in the meantime, you can uh, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at uh, just look for Force Material on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us at forcematerial.com and go into the whole uh, archive of, uh, of stories on there. Uh, and you can uh, listen to us and obviously uh, you can subscribe and chuck us a, chuck us a sneaky, uh, chuck us a sneaky five star, five even though we haven't really earned it yet, if you want, uh, on, uh, on uh, iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, so uh, this has been Force Material. This has been Baz McAllister. This has been Rowan Williams. And you've just taken your first step into a larger world. <laughs>